Welcome to the Equity Team Podcast, where we provide Sedona, Arizona real estate insight to help you thrive during your next real estate transaction. I'm Chad McMahon, um, short-term rental investment specialist, and and Mark Doan is is also short-term rental and investment specialist here in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. And today we're going to be quickly analyzing a market report so that you see the information, so that you understand the information. And we have some um, some speculation we're going to provide, as well as kind of some you know expert analysis of what's been happening over the last year. Uh, not only here, we're going to primarily be focusing on analyzing the Sedona market, but it is indicative of what's happening elsewhere. So this is good information for everyone, especially in Arizona. And uh, hopefully you find it as helpful as we do. Uh, and welcome back, Mark Thorne. It's always great to do these with you. Hey, Chad. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Um, for In the effort of just diving in, I'm going to share my screen. All right. So the market analysis here, there we go, just popped up. So first, we're going to start with kind of an overview of the market. And uh, Marton and I are just going to kind of take turns talking about things that we find the most interesting and what these changes indicate, you know, things that we're likely to see, uh, not only that we have seen and that are seasonal and things that might be a little bit non-seasonal, things that indicate something deeper. And uh, some of these uh, graphs that we're going to be diving into they show us some indicators of what it might be over the next, at least over the next month or two. It's hard to predict past that, aside from seasonal changes, but let's dive in. Martin, you want to talk about the number of listings a little bit? Yeah. What I found really interesting is um, we've been really, really stable in our low inventory environment. Um, as we can see for this whole past year, the number of listings has been very flat. Um, so it's good and it's bad at the same time, right? Because we would all like to see more inventory and more options when we're looking to buy. But also this indicates stability in the market. So where has 2021, 2022, and the beginning of 2023, things were crazy all over the place and it kept changing every month. We weren't quite sure where we were standing. This past year has been really really stable for us and we've been able to you know make pretty good predictions um for our market overall and, and we can see this with a number of listings definitely and you know in case people can't read this the blue line here these are total active listings on the market um for me you know the most valuable indicators that are here i mean it's good to see pending and sold but new listings is green so that's why it's a low number down here that's just new listings that hit market but this blue one is, I think, the most important one in terms of what it, you know, the one that's saying what's happening. That's the total number, the active number of listings on the market. And by the way, this is greater Sedona area only is what this is analyzing for all of these charts that we're going to be talking about in this video. Greater Sedona area, single family homes. That's it. Okay. So HOA, no HOA, any number of bedrooms, any price point. Okay, greater Sedona area. So you can see we're plus or minus right around this 200 active listings at any time uh, over the last year. Yeah. Now, go ahead, Martin. So that's 200 listings for single family homes out of, on average, 
uh, about, I believe, 6,500 homes in mm -hmm. Sedona. So that's about how many homes we have in total in the greater Sedona, and 200 of them are on the market. So it is a pretty low inventory. However, you do have to bear in mind those 6,500 housing units, that includes condos, townhomes, manufactured homes, things like that as well. And those aren't part of this search. So it's, it is a lower number, but you're right. You know, it's, it's out of total housing number or total housing units. And it is quite stable, like you said before. Um, now, this one I find quite interesting, you know, in terms of listed prices versus sold prices. Um, and, you know, we've, again, we've got new and we've got the active. So, uh, yeah, this is really interesting. You know, the, the new list prices versus sold, I find that to be a really interesting comparison. And then also the, the active, you know, the big number active versus sold. So I want to just point out something here. Uh, and that is the gray one. If you can see that I'm going to, I'm going to actually zoom it in a little bit. All right, here we go. So the gray one is the sold, total accumulative sold, you know, month by month, um, and the, the sale price. So you can see it's kind of, it's pretty normal. And then all of a sudden, starting in, uh, in December 23rd, since then, we've got this spike. And that's what you see when buyer activity really increases. So the sold prices are really spiking, and we're not seeing a spike with anything else. You could argue that, you know, like new list prices are spiking, but I don't consider this a spike. I consider this a, a typical um, ebb and flow. You know, this is normal. It just kind of goes up and it goes down and it's a normal thing. But this right here, this is more of a spike. And there are a lot of reasons for that. You know, we've seen, granted, we did have interest rates spike recently, but in general, it's been going down. And buyer confidence and buyer activity has been increasing. And there are obviously a lot of other factors as well, but that's a big one. You know, those interest rates, they really tie into what's happening with buyer aggression, buyer, buyer activity, and the sales, the sales that are occurring on the market. Um, it's also worth pointing out, and this is subtle, but going back to the other chart, it's slightly going down in terms of the number of listings. And that's because the activity is increasing. And because we're seeing more properties go pending and that market share is, is decreasing. But this yeah. is really interesting. The other thing I just want to point out, and then I'll get off my soapbox here, is that this is obviously, this is outpacing um, listed prices. What that means is that, you know, this chunk right here, properties are selling for more than they were listed for, essentially. So you've got, you know, something's listed you know, right here, it's surpassing the active, which is kind of cool. But yeah, the the sale prices are outpacing what they're listed for. And that's because we're seeing um, buyer competition. We're seeing multiple offers. It depends on the properties. But especially with short-term rentals, which, of course, we deal with a lot, there's a lot of competition there. It can be kind of fierce sometimes. And uh, it can be really tough to get the property that you want to buy, especially when you're competing against three, four, five, or even 10 plus offers and buyers and all the buyers want it. You know, it's not like some just kick out an offer and I don't care if I get it or not. It's like the buyers want it. So that's a real tricky thing. Anything well, you want to add to this? 
Yeah. Well, they care because there's nothing else <laughs> to buy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because right. the inventory has been so low, whenever yeah. a really good property comes <clears throat> to the market, you have all the eyes on it. And um, I think you're absolutely right. And seeing that sold median sales price shooting up in January is very much in line with what we've experienced on the market. Um, multiple times, I found myself in a situation where we had multiple counter offers. Uh, we had to outbid uh, other buyers and potentially even have to offer over asking, uh, which is something we haven't seen in quite a while. Um, so definitely in 2024, since the year started, we, we've seen an uptick in that activity and, and aggressive activity, um, even sometimes for properties that were listed on the market for six months to a year and hadn't moved, all of a sudden January kicked in and you have three offers on the same day that you're writing an offer for your client. Um, yeah. So th there's nothing nothing is set in stone. Um, I think that's where I want to get to when I look at these numbers is I realize if you find a good property and it is a good price and your numbers work, just go for it. Don't don't wait up because if you if you sleep on it one too many nights, <laughs> you may lose it to another buyer uh, in this kind of environment. Yeah, that's right. And you know the the key and Marthon and I are both finding this with we do so much negotiating and we do so much of uh, submitting offers and you know not only negotiating on the side and back channels and direct and all of that. And finding, you know, case by case with every single offer that we submit for our clients, but um, you know, we've we've really got our finger on the pulse of how it's going with that kind of thing. And one of the things that you can do to give yourself an edge if you're a buyer is to get your offer in as early as humanly possible. And so, what we try to do to support our clients to be able to feel really confident and comfortable and have enough information to submit an offer early, we get over there, we grab video for you, live video if you prefer, you know, we we analyze the properties before even an offer is submitted so that you have a sense of if you are an investor and you're looking for returns, you'll know what your returns are going to be conservatively. Um, you know, remodel, you'll have an idea of what the costs are going to be because we do a ton of that kind of stuff. And then, of course, we we confirm that everything is either conservative or spot on, you know, during that due diligence period. And if it doesn't make sense and we discover that at that time, then then you can go ahead and, and pull out of it. You get your earnest money back. And so your risk is quite low. So it's a good it's a good system. The other thing that's worth mentioning here and then we'll move on is, um, you know, seasonally, the winter time is a low season. It's slower slower than the rest of the year. And yet we're seeing this increase in activity. Um, and again, it's it's tied into what's happening with interest rates and some other things as well. But if, you know, if we were back in time a year, let's say we're having this, doing this recording a year ago, before there were any interest rate, you know, no, uh, no intel, no knowledge, no predictions, you know, on what interest rates are going to do and all those kind of things, then we would have, forecasted this to be quite a bit lower because seasonally that's what happens in February and you know December, January, February, even early March, that things are slow, you know, that buyers are not aggressive and confident. And so usually what you see is a restocking of inventory. And it's, I'm not going to call it stagnant, but compared to this, it would be. 
Now, we do have other graphs down here, but because we've spent so much time talking about these, I'd like to skip those, and I'd like to go right into volume. Um, I love I love that graph, and I think it, it ties yeah. really well into what you were just saying about the seasonality of things, and um, we're, we're seeing a, a, an uptick um, starting January 2024, and I think it's not until we'll have the graph from next month that we'll really see a significant increase because a lot of the activity started early mm -hmm. January and usually a typical, you know, purchase contract lasts for about a month, right? So a lot of these are going to close in February right now, right? I have three closings in February. So once we'll have the data from the end of February, we'll see that shoot up um, yeah. kind of like how it shot up on January 2023. Um and also in January 2022. So no matter no matter how the market is performing and no matter what kind of environment we're in, we're still we're still seeing that seasonality of of purchase. And so December, you know, once we start hitting the holidays, November, December, things slow down, people stay at home more, they're with their families, they're not making any plans. It's the end of the year. They're Putting, you know, they're doing their accounting, doing their budgets. They're like, okay, just they're making plans for the next year, right? And then as soon as January starts, they're like, they come, they're coming back in hot. They have all these plans and dreams for the new year and the resolutions that they made with their families. And they're like, okay, let's just buy a home. And every single year we see the same thing. January 1st hits and then our, our phone starts ringing. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden we have many, many escrows. Um, so, so it's quite interesting to see that over the past three years and every year, the market has been in a completely different state, yeah. but still we, we can find that seasonality in the numbers and the trends. Yeah. You know, there was, um, 2022 was so hot. Um, there was so much going on. You can really feel that when you look at this chart. So here on the bottom, it shows you the months and the years. And so here from September, 2021, um, and then you can see there's some of that action. But then January 2022 to December 2023, you can see that it really it, it picked up quite a bit. It got nice and high and it stayed high for several months. And there was a lot of action right then. And you can see it uh, as we got closer in towards the summertime, which is a kind of a seasonal low out here. Not crazy low, but it does calm down. Um, now, usually what you see is, um, you know, somewhere around October, September, October, November, usually it's decent, it's moderate activity, or maybe even better than moderate activity. That didn't happen in 2022. It was real hot. And then, um, you know, it calmed down quite a bit. And then it stayed pretty low. And then uh, bottomed out in the seasonal low. So that's not uncommon. And then yeah, again, uh, in 2023, sure enough, you can see it here again. Um, tops out in May. Um, usually it does start to pick up quite a bit around April or so, sometimes late March. And that did happen here. You can see this really pumped up seasonally. This is all seasonal stuff. And then uh, kind of just bounces around. And, and so we're going to see the same thing, you know, unless there's some crazy change in the market that is not foreseen. Um, something that's not not planned at all, some kind of economic whatever. But as long as things are moderately normal, we're going to see the same kind of activity. It's going to pick up again 
Um, you know, as we get into March, April, and then um, again, May is always like so, so good. So that's what we're going to be seeing here. You know, in six months from now, looking back, we're going to see that same kind of activity again. Yep. Yep. I definitely, I'm, I'm feeling it. We're feeling it with our buyer activity and yeah. every other a realtor friends that we have, we talk to, they have many escrows going on right now, much more in January than they did in uh, in December. So I think once the February numbers come in, everybody's going to be really surprised. Yeah. Um, Martone, why I, the last thing I'd love for us to just kind of quickly talk about is, and I'll, I'll be able to show the list here and the numbers in just a moment, but I would like to just briefly briefly have us talk about expired temp off market and canceled um, listings. And, I, you know, it's for the benefit, of course, for the audience, but it's also to give a, a very quick crash course into, um, into our system and what we do for our clients, for buyers, um, but also how we analyze properties for sellers, but especially for the buyer part. Why? Why do I care about expired temp off market and canceled? Do you want to kind of uh, briefly explain that? I, I I love expires and canceled listings, um, especially when they are good properties. And um, you know, when when we do our research for our clients, um, we not only look at what's active, but we also look at what used to be active but is not active anymore. And and sometimes there's a very silly reason behind it. Sometimes it's just because the timing was wrong. Um, sometimes it's just because the sellers were didn't really want to bulge on the price too much and it was a little too high, but that does not mean that it's set in stone. And that's why I love going through these listings because you can find sometimes the property that your client is looking for, even though it's not technically on the market. Um, I Multiple times this happened when there were properties that I had noticed and I had engaged conversations with the listing agents, perhaps we made some you know, verbal offers, nothing in writing, but we've been negotiating in the background for a while and then the, the listing expires. Um, but most likely they're still, they still actually wanna sell. They, they just haven't been able to sell within the timeframe that they had um, um, determined with their listing agent. But if you already have built up that rapport with the listing agent and you come back a month or two later after it was canceled or expired or they decided to take it off market to do some personal things um and you're like hey my buyer is finally ready now and and we're good with this price you know are you still are you still interested in selling and more more often than not uh, i've had some really pleasant surprises where we could tie up a property that was not on the market and yeah. and actually have a successful sale that's right that's right and so yeah, the you know the expired, the temp off market, and the canceled listings. Uh, these are great sources, like you said, of off market opportunities, which means hopefully means a lot less competition, and you have more time to work through the negotiating process and the pre due diligence process, which is really wonderful when you have that time. Um, and sometimes you can get the most amazing deals that way also, because they're not going to be bombarded by a bunch of offers. So it's not going to drive up that price for you if you're on the buying side. Now, most real estate agents aren't willing to go through this process because it's a pain in the neck. It takes forever. And a lot of these don't pan out. You know, most of these, you're not going to be successful in terms of connecting with the seller and being able to, to do something. The exception, I would say, is probably temp off market. You know, temporarily off market 
is <clears throat> grand majority of time uh, they need it. They want, they need to sell it. Uh, there's just something going on, some reason why they're temporarily pulling it off, but they plan to put it back on. So that's pretty solid. You can see there aren't a ton of these. They're, you know, a good chunk of them. And these probably, um, most of these probably went right back on the market again. This just shows that it, over the course of 2023, they went temp off market at some point. Okay. And they may, you know, they're probably on market somehow, somewhere. Um, this one, you can see status change, temp off market. So this is an example, one that's temp off market right now. And again, I love pursuing these things. These are great. Um, expired, <clears throat> hard to say. Hard to say what's going to happen. Are the sellers going to relist with another agent? Are they going to just pull it off market for a few months? Um, are they going to keep it and not sell it? And if they decide that, then it's really hard to turn sellers. It's really hard unless you you offer them possibly even more than what they were asking. Sometimes you can change their minds. But aside from that, it's 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 an emotional process as well as a logical process. And, you know, once people decide something, usually that's that's it. Now, uh, canceled, canceled is is tough to say. So usually it's either sellers are not satisfied with their listing agent because they're they're not doing enough to sell it, which is so common. Um, so many properties are listed for, by agents that take photographs off of their own cell phone and they look terrible or they're not doing any marketing at all. They're just slapping it up on the MLS and, you know, it's promises after promises, but they're not doing anything that actually works. And sellers are smart, you know, most sellers anyway, sellers are smart and, you know, they know if their agent is dropping the ball um, and that happens a lot. <laughs> so I would say probably most, most agents, um, you know, they're, they're not doing what uh, they should be doing to sell properties. So, you know, maybe it's uh, again, sellers are just saying, forget it. I'm done. I'm going to cancel it. I'm going to pull it off. And another uh, agent, you know, I'm going to list it with someone else. Or again, I'm just going to keep the property either for a while or I'm not going to sell it at all. I'm going to, I'm going to run it as a short-term rental or I'm just going to live there. I'm not going to move, whatever the situation is. But these are definitely worth pursuing. And uh, we do pursue these for our buyers so that we have a wider net and we can look at more inventory and more options. So, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for joining us. I hope that was helpful. Please reach out anytime, you know, whether you're an investor or not, you know, reach out anytime. Let us know what questions you have. Um, we're happy to consult. We do that all the time. We consult with not only uh, buyers and sellers. We consult with other real estate agents that have questions. We consult uh, sometimes with government officials, you know, people call us and they want to know what's going on because they know that we study this stuff obsessively. And, yeah. you know, we we follow what's happening with short-term rental laws and potential restrictions, although it's pretty minimal, you know, but, uh, but we do watch that stuff really closely. So reach out, let us know how we can help you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Thanks a lot. See you All soon. Right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Equity Team Podcast. To speak with one of our top agents, visit us at owninaz.com. That's O-W-N-I-N-A-Z.com. Or call us at 928-323-0031.